0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: You may not always
2: like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one.
1: Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Yeah. Okay.
0: Great to have you with us as we get underway with the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network on this uh, Sunday, 11th day of June. And I have some people I want you to hear today, experiences I want you to hear. One of them is um, the adoptive father of a little girl. The, the, The child was adopted in Haiti 10 years ago. Yeah, I think close to 10 years ago. Anyway, the father contacted me then, and we uh, exchanged emails, and then he decided he didn't really want to go on the air. He was having having difficulty getting the, uh, the child into this country, even though the little girl was adopted, and it's still going on. So he's going to be on with us later today, and we'll tell that story of this little Haitian girl adopted by a Canadian family and being stopped, first by the conservative government and now by the liberal government. What is that about? Gord Bibby will be with us, as uh, will Bernice Thomas, cousin and sister respectively of Robert Hall, one of the two Canadians kidnapped and tortured and beheaded in the Philippines by the Islamist terror group Abu Sayyaf almost exactly one year ago. Tuesday will be the anniversary, and on Tuesday, the petition, the families of Robert Hall and Mr. John Ridsdell, who is another Canadian with, John, with the Robert Hall, who was beheaded by Abu saif Tuesday, the uh, petition will be read in Parliament. And the families, I know specifically Mr. Hall's family, have some real issues with the Prime Minister and what he didn't do as far as what he could have done for the two Canadians. So that is coming up. Don Ray Downton is a freelance journalist. She writes opinion pieces. She wrote one just a couple of weeks ago for the Globe and Mail. And uh, Don Ray is going to be with us at the top of the next hour chronic pain sufferer. She has a suicide plan in place for when her opioids are stopped, get this, had the same family doctor for 25 years. Then the doctor calls her in and says, the provincial college got in touch with me, and I have to reduce your prescription by, I think it was 80%, which is outrageous. And uh, so the relationship of the doctor and the patient ended, because the doctor didn't feel empowered to stand up to the college, because you know, your license to practice medicine can come under surveillance. So Don Ray listened to the interview, my interview with Jane Philpott, and you will hear Don Ray Downton, and and you can you can find her uh, column in the Globe and Mail. I I I uh, posted a couple of links to it earlier. So we have that and we have Morgan and Catherine They were on the air with us last weekend and they haven't had good weeks. They're going to fill us in. We're not going to just talk about chronic pain every, every weekend and that issue, but it affects one and a half million Canadians. That's the city of Ottawa and then some. And they're being targeted, as you know, by politicians and by researchers, some people in, in the world of medicine because of their opioid prescriptions. So I want to introduce you in just a moment to Dr. Lynn Webster, past president of the American Academy of Pain Medicine. And uh, you can go online and watch his film, The Painful Truth dot com. The Painful Truth dot com. Doctor Webster got in touch with me through his publicist at the beginning of the week, and he'd heard the interview with Dr. Philpot, and just before we talk to Dr. Webster, I just want to play back the first minute of that conversation. Dr. Philpott, why is all the talk from governments about painkillers instead of pain? You do know that people who take painkillers, uh, people who take opioids, do it just to make life tolerable.
1: Well, I think that's a fantastic point, and uh, I think you're absolutely right that uh Uh, It's a fair point that the conversation needs to be around the pain and recognizing that when people do take uh, substances that uh, are used for controlling pain, it's because they have pain, sometimes uh, physical, sometimes psychological. But uh, the pain is uh, certainly should be a central theme to this conversation.
0: So then why is all the talk about the painkillers instead of the pain?
1: Well, I you know I think it depends who you talk to. I, I I think this is a an issue that has a whole range of perspectives on it and and views. And I certainly uh, try to encourage people to uh, not oversimplify it and not uh, not see that uh, there's any one single story to uh, the issue of the fact that uh, we have. Uh, An overdose uh, epidemic in this country but uh, you're absolutely right that part of the conversation has to be around the fact that uh, people uh, have pain and that they if if they do that they deserve to get care for that pain
0: now you can listen back to the interview anytime and uh, there are links on my blog and just go to your favorite chorus radio station where you listen to uh, this program, and you'll find the links in my uh, my postings. Dr. Lynn Webster, past president of the American Academy of Pain Medicine, and he's the producer of the film "The Painful Truth" documentary. and he joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Dr. Webster, I wanted to thank you for taking the time, and I wanted you to hear just the beginning of that interview with the with the federal health minister. Why did the blog piece and why did that interview particularly resonate with you? Well, first.
2: Roy thank you for asking me to participate I, I, I'll tell you why is because I have been reading countless articles by journalists and watching uh, videos and listening to tapes that rarely do I hear the media um, and uh, good journalists challenge what is going on and representing or trying to advocate for a balanced approach or even even speak up for the people in pain so when i when I uh, read your review, actually your column, and then listened to your interview, I thought this is somebody that needs to be recognized and applauded for your efforts. So thank you.
0: Well, uh, thank you. But what's, what's important is that the the people who need the help and who get the help from the prescribed opioids after careful consultation with their doctors, that they're not cut off and the doctors aren't intimidated. Tell me, please, is there a... Did this crusade, and that's what I'll call it, did this crusade really begin with the Center for Disease Control in in the United States?
2: No, um, I think that this crusade, if you if that's the right word, I think the campaign towards tr- reducing the amount of opioids in the country really started with the insurance companies in the U.S. and mostly with the workers' comp. Um, tr- because it became it became a very very expensive um, uh, undertaking for them to be prescribing or paying for all of the pain medicines, and so um, there was a there was a concerted and I think um, uh, uh, large campaign uh, for the last several years, five six years, to try to reduce the amount of uh, opioids prescribed. Now. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's, it, it, it works because uh, it's not just a cost issue. Because they could fo- they could point to the harm that uh, was occurring at the same time. So it was able they were able to um, they put, it, it could point out to the potential risks and harms, and so it was able to get uh, a lot of people on board with that campaign.
0: Yeah, and as I saw, I looked at the guide, the Canadian guide. I read all eighty four pages of it actually and I spoke with the editor of the guide, and some of the information in that guide is absolutely just, it's, it's just not true. It's manipulated, uh, manipulated information. For example, they can't tell me. There's been an increase in the number of people who attend public clinics for opioid abuse in the province of Ontario between 2004 and 2015, and it's almost tripled, and when I asked him whether that is opioid patients or whether it's generic drug addicts, on uh, on street corners who just happen to buy the opioids. They buy anything. It just happens to be opioids, and then they get treated for that. They, they couldn't tell me what the breakdown is, and my sense is the vast majority of them would be the generic street corner addicts. And if there are opioid patients who are street corner addicts, they're being driven there by this kind of policy that started, as you said, with the American insurance companies.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, you're, you're right that we do not understand the, the data very well, but it's very commonly conflated meaning that when when there are reports from the CDC or when there are reports in the media, we look at drug overdose deaths, and it may be 50,000, but they're not opioids. Not all of them are opioids. And uh, most of those deaths are with illicit drugs and non-opioids. They're not in people who have been prescribed the medicine – for pain, mm-hmm. and there's really li- hardly any data that helps us uh, separate out those different groups.
0: Yeah, and what they're going to do, what they'll accomplish, and it's already happening, as we'll hear later today, uh, they'll accomplish driving people to suicide, and and then you'll have a potential suicide epidemic on your hands, where where chronic pain patients just say, I can't stand this anymore, I can't take it anymore, and my fear is when the first few suicides are publicized. It will cause other people to follow suit. And then what do you do?
2: Roy, there's already uh, substantial data that is suggesting an increase in suicides. And frankly, many of the overdose deaths in the uh, population that were prescribed opioids for their pain were probably suicides, too. And that's because pain is so uh, unbearable for some people. They'll do whatever they have to to get out of pain. It's not as if they became, quote, addicted and overdosed while they were in pain because they were trying to get high. It's that sometimes they will get confused and take more medicine than they, they should or safe, but the alternative to them is uh, unbearable also. Let me just tell you quickly they, uh, that when I was seeing patients, and I was prescribing a lot of opioids, it, I would often tell my patients that if you take more, of this medicine that I tell you to take, you may not wake up. And countless times, patients would pause and say, "Doc, that's okay. I cannot live with the pain I have."
1: Wow.
0: Man, so
2: now wow. we, if we are in a place where we're using arbitrary numbers to say that you should not exceed this amount if you're prescribing to somebody with uh, pain, and you have to reduce a dose that somebody's been functional on, working, having a reasonable life, um, is essentially forcing them to make terrible
0: decisions. Yeah, life or death, life and death an unbearable
1: disease.
0: life. Yes. We'll take a break. One thing that I, one thing that I did say to the to the minister, uh, Dr. Webster, just before we take the break, I asked her, as you heard during the interview, what are pain patients addicted to, and she seemed confused by that <laughs> question. Because it doesn't enter their minds that what the pain patients are addicted to is a life without pain. They're not addicted to the opioids. They're addicted to being able to live their lives without pain that just crushes the life out of them. We'll, we'll come back with Dr. Lynn Webster, past president of the American Academy of Pain Medicine. He's the producer of the Painful Truth com. Watch that. We'll come right back.
1: Roy may be a lot of things, but shy isn't one of them. He never
0: backs down from a good
1: debate. This is the Roy Green Show on, on the Corus Radio Network. Network. Hey, do they
0: have a do they have a new official languages commissioner yet? Justin, je parle français. Uh, Roy, <laughs> Roy Green, of course, Radio Network. Um, you know, just appoint me the official languages commissioner and you'll get me out of your pretty hair. My guest is Dr. Lynn Webster, the past president of the American Academy of Pain Medicine. His film is the Painful Truth documentary.com and we'll ask Dr. Webster about the film in just a moment. But Dr. Webster, before we, uh, before we do that, doctors, some have told me directly, that they're afraid to prescribe medication that they know their patients require because as one doctor said I put 12 years into getting this license to practice medicine I cannot afford to jeopardize it and the pressure is being applied by the governing medical bodies and by the federal government and provincial governments I'm sure you experienced that pressure they came after the DEA came after you didn't they
2: well they yeah they uh, uh they entered my office and um uh, and investigated our practice uh, and it took 4 years for them to finally decide that um there was nothing there uh, and but you're right i think today it's i mean that was back in 2010 today it's much worse um physicians uh are are feeling like if they prescribe or don't follow the cdc guidelines or the Canadian guidelines for prescribing that are the most conservative. That their license is in jeopardy, if if not just their freedom, uh, and and that they they uh, can lose everything. And you know, all you have to do is be accused of doing something, and you have to hire an attorney to help defend yourself. Um, you may be entirely right, but you can spend all of your retirement and fortune yeah. on
0: it. Yeah, and I've heard I've heard doctors say that. I just can't afford it. And I have a family, too. One doctor, I shouldn't say doctors, but I had one doctor specifically say to me, I have a family, and, and I have to take care of that family. Can't afford to lose my license. What's your? Tell us, please, what the film is about. Uh,
2: the film is really about the, the problem of pain. Um, and I, I tried to give people in pain a voice. It's really about patients and their struggles of being heard. And, uh, and getting access to treatment, and our healthcare systems that have failed us, the legal system that's failed us, the flaws within the um, uh, the DEA and the CDC that's contributed to our current crisis. But frankly, it's just about people in pain being ignored, um, castigated, you know, stigmatized, and the association with the opioids has just accelerated that. So as we have developed this problem with Opioids and it's a real problem. Um, even in the pain populations, there's a subset of people for whom the opioids are very dangerous. Uh, that no one really talks or gives much attention to the people in pain. So the documentary is to talk about all of the issues of why we are where we are and what the people in pain are struggling uh, to deal with.
0: Okay, the pain, painful uh, truth documentary, dot Can can politicians and researchers bent on denying. Massive pain relieving opioids for chronic pain patients, for whom it's proven uh, it, it's successful. Can they be stopped?
2: Can the politicians be stopped?
0: Yeah. Can this can this whole agenda be stopped?
2: Well, I th- I hope so. Um, I I hope so. I think that's why I I produced uh, co-produced this documentary. That's why I've written my book. That's why I'm talking to you, and why I applaud what you've been doing. I'm hoping that if enough people speak up, um, and that uh, they tell the stories about people in pain. Acknowledging that we have an addiction problem, That that's a serious problem, too, and we need to address that. Uh, but we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, as they say. We can't ignore a huge part of our society uh, at the expense of trying to treat a different part of society. We yep. can do both.
0: And if the pain patient who handles the opioids well needs to be on them for the rest of his or her life in order to manage the pain. So what's the problem? I said to the minister. She she didn't answer.
2: Yeah, yeah, I heard you ask her that question. There is no problem. I mean, if you have uh, chronic pain is a a chronic disease, just like diabetes and heart disease, blood pressure. And when you're started on those medicines for diabetes or heart disease, you're often on those the rest of your life. This is true for chronic pain as well.
0: Dr. Webster, God bless you. Thanks very much for joining us, and thanks for doing what you do. Thank you. Do you mind if we call Everybody, you another time and get you back on the please, show?
2: Please, I'd, I'd be glad to join you.
0: All right, we'll, we'll definitely do that. Dr. Lynn Webster, past president of the American Academy of Pain Medicine. His film is the painful truth documentary. By the way, you can stop them. There's a million and a half of you. There's not nearly as many of them. You can stop them. Politicians are easy to stop. They're all about votes. That's a lot of votes. We'll come back. Stay with us on The Green Show.